Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. One year after the East Palestine disaster, a community still in need of answers. We're being lied to, and I don't know why for sure. And only one network has committed to staying on the story from day one. News Nation's not going anywhere. News Nation, the first to report from America's backyards. These are real stories. Everybody is angry. And staying when all other networks leave. Thanks to News Nation for being the only national network committed. That's what it means to be news for all America. To find News Nation, go to joinnn.com. Beth Vargas, stay with News Nation for all the latest on the Kansas City shooting. The Hill, moderated by Blake Berman, coming right up. Hello and welcome to Washington, where we continue our coverage of the shooting following the Super Bowl. One person dead, many others injured, and fans were the ones to track down the suspect. The very latest out of Kansas City as the chief Super Bowl parade turns violent. Thanks for being with us here on the Hill. I'm Blake Berman, joined today by Scott Bolden, former D.C. Democratic Party chairman. Denise Gitsum is a former aide to President George W. Bush and a Republican strategist. Brett Bruin is the former director of global engagement for the Obama administration. Mick Mulvaney, of course, the former Trump White House chief of staff, News Nation contributor. Lots going on here, as you might imagine. The Hill on News Nation starts right now. And right off the top, from the hill, a deadly day at a parade, this time celebrating the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. We never would have thought that we, along with Chiefs players, along with fans, hundreds of thousands of people, would be forced to run for our safety today. This is a day that a lot of people look forward to, something they remember for a lifetime. And what they shouldn't have to remember is the threat of gun violence. Thousands of fans celebrating the, uh, the Chiefs' dramatic Super Bowl win. Tonight, police say one person is dead. Several others potentially in critical condition. Uh, about 10 at least injured in the shooting when bullets started flying near that parade. Among the thousands in attendance, the senator from Kansas, Roger Marshall, who posted in part, quote, I am devastated and angered by the senseless act of violence that turned a day of celebration for our community into a complete tragedy. During this chaos, our team thankfully made it to shelter safely. My heart breaks, the senator says, for those who were a victim of this senseless violence. It is 6.02 here on the East Coast. Hello to you all. We continue to await uh, in Kansas City there. We're expecting police any moment now to give us the very latest, whatever update they might have, expecting a news conference here at any point in time. Once that happens, we will take you there live. But until then... 
Mick, Brett, Denise, Scott, uh, we start with you. And Mick, we watch another one of these, this time at a Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl victory parade. And I wonder what goes, goes through your mind of someone like yourself who's, who's worn many hats. We had a couple of these ones in the White House. And what I think people might find surprising is that the White House probably doesn't know that much more than we do hmm. right now in these really? very quickly developing situations. We're sitting and watching television along with everybody else. Every now and then, somebody might call from Kansas City. You might get a piece of information through the, uh, through the intel community. But generally speaking, they're just as in the dark right now as we are. And it's because you don't want to disrupt the operations of local law enforcement, sort of. Is, is that one of the reasons why? Or? No, it's because uh, unless there's something much bigger to it, if it's an act of terrorism or something, there, there's, no, there's, no, there's no reason for the president of the United States to know anything more than we do. No one is in Kansas City going, oh, my goodness, let's make sure the president knows right. this before the public. Got it. President Biden, by the way, has been briefed, we should note. Brett? Yeah, look, I think the old Republican argument that we just need more uh, folks with guns uh, outside of our schools and we can prevent these mass shootings is undermined by what we saw play out in Kansas City today. We have got to go beyond uh, the, the stale talking points and start to really think about solutions, solutions that are going to deal not just with the superficial stuff, not just with the thoughts and prayers, but how are we going to ensure that as a country, we can come together for moments of celebration, we can send our children to school and not have to worry? Because the next time that you know, there is a uh, Major League Baseball parade, the next time that there is a marathon, there are going to be fears in the back of Americans' mind that this, too, could uh, replay itself again. And that, I think, has got to be addressed, and it should find its way into the halls of Congress I wanna, and onto the I wanna presidential get to, I want to get to Congressman Mark Alford real quick, but, but Denise, Scott? I mean, I don't like talking points either, which is, and I don't, right now, I don't necessarily think... But it took us 30 seconds the to get The time to... Right, that's... that's yeah, I mean, I, I think... Which is what you see here in Washington. There's a lot of, a lot, a lot of heroes, you know, heroic stories are going to come from this. There's going to be good and there's going to be bad, and it's a whole mixture, and right now... Chiefs fans I think tackling just, yeah, one, of the, one of the brave. suspects. And it's, it's just so devastating that we have to even address the politics around it when we're all still in mourning. But, but we need to stop talking about it. And I'm speaking to Democrats and Republicans... We need to stop talking about it, then do something about it. There have been 45 mass shootings in the last year. That's either someone gotten shot or killed, uh, three or more per instance. 45, that's about four a month. This is America's culture now. Violence is America's, is our American culture. It's happened in schools, theaters, and now the Super Bowl celebration in middle America. It has got to stop. And this Second Amendment that we embrace at the expense of violence against kids and all of us, this should not take place. Mick, and it does Mick, take before place. we get to the congressman. I actually agree with Scott. It is a culture of violence. The Second Amendment is not the reason we have a culture of violence. It's a breakdown in the rest of the culture, but we'll have that conversation. Have that conversation later. Come on in, uh, Congressman Mark Alford. He is from Missouri and joins us live here on the Hill. Congressman, if I jump in, it is uh, not because I'm trying to be rude, but because we are expecting this police press conference here at any moment. This is uh, your backyard. You live in the area, and I wonder what's going through your mind, sir. Well, look, I anchored the news there for the Next Star Station, in fact, for 25 years. I was at Union mm -hmm. Station a lot, was just there last week. My uh, daughter and son were at the parade. Uh, they left before the mm -hmm. shooting occurred. It's a sad day for Kansas City. Uh, this was uh, supposed to be a day to celebrate, and it's still 
Uh, today, we are mourning the loss of, of one person and others injured. This was a, some two-mile route that ended at Union Station, which is basically the town square now for Kansas City. We, all of our celebrations take place there. The, in mm -hmm. 2015, the celebration for the Royals. Last year, I was there with Emmanuel Cleaver and Sharice Davis for the parade that ended right there at Union Station. Um, this year, it ended in tragedy. And, and my heart just goes out uh, to that community. And, and for, yes, it is a human violence problem. How do you solve that? That's a great question. Your, your family was there, you said? Yes, my daughter and son, we're all big Chiefs fans. Uh, we watched well, the game together. I was going to be in the parade, but we came back to uh, do our work here in Washington today. Uh, we just had a moment of silence on the floor. Uh, Representative Cleaver, who represents the 5th District there in Kansas City. I'm just south of there in the 4th Congressional District. Sharice Davis from the 3rd District of Kansas and Ann Wagner from the St. Louis area. All, all together showing um, our respect for the victims and for law enforcement. Since you're from the area, have you heard, have you gotten any information that hasn't been necessarily put out there publicly that you can share anything on the law enforcement as aspect of this, uh, whatever you, you might know? No, I do know that the Kansas City, Missouri Police Department has been training for this. If you look online, you can see the videos they put out this morning, a pep talk by the, the new chief, Stacy Graves, who's a wonderful person used to run the communications department for the Kansas City, Missouri Police Department, and is now the chief, very well-respected chief. Uh, it was a call to arms for the men and women in blue to protect the citizens of Kansas City. And look, this is a two-mile route with many, many intersections that end at this, this wonderful place with fountains and Union Station and the Liberty War Memorial. You've got a million people packed into this, basically a punch bowl. Uh, it is impossible to secure that area. You cannot run a million people through metal detectors to get in there to celebrate a chief's victory. Congressman Alford, we will leave it there. Glad to hear that, that your family is safe. You're obviously, it looks like, back here in Washington. Congressman Mark Alford, appreciate the time, sir. Thank you, Blake. Um, you know, we, we, again, continue to watch and wait for the police department there in Kansas City to give us the very latest. Expecting a news conference here at any moment. At any moment, what would you say to the congressman there, Scott? Um, prayer is always helpful, but I'm tired of being tired of listening to politicians and our leaders talk about too many guns on the street or not enough protection, mental health. We have to do something about it because. This is Amer our violence like this, mass shootings, are part of American culture. Here's a question, Mick. Why are we the only country that has a mass shooting problem in the Western world, third world? We have a mass shooting problem where it is now part of our American culture. And shouldn't we be doing everything humanly possible, whether it's gun control, whether it's getting rid of assault weapons, whether it's reducing gang violence or mental health, whatever. Shouldn't we be doing everything? Would, would, you, would you say Second Amendment or not? Would, everything would, no, not, to it, stop this. And that's, and that's where you lose so many people in this country when you say Second Amendment or not. There are too many guns on the street, and it's too easy to get guns. Let's say I and guns kill people, okay, I don't, and people let, using say, guns kill people. Let's say I don't, I, I don't agree with you, but let's say that I do. Mm -hmm. The Constitution tells us how to fix this, which if you don't like the Second Amendment, you go change it. If you're right, 
and everybody agrees with what you just said, I don't think they do, but if they did, you could change the Second Amendment through the amendment process. We're too lazy to do that. We want politicians to do okay. it. We want courts to do it for us. If it's really this groundswell of support against handguns for sake of this discussion, let's put it to the test. Let's ask people, would you like to change the Second Amendment? We've never done that. We've never asked folks to do that. Or how we, we interpret so the we Second Amendment. Well, no, but it's a different This is a debate that's been going on for, so for decades, old. months, yeah. years, you weeks, days, and we we'll, still got the killing fields hear, of America. You don't yeah. hear anybody say, let's, let's, let's have a constitutional amendment. We, we used to not allow women to vote in this country. Enough people got together and said, let's change the Constitution to allow that. We used to not allow 18-year-olds to vote. We got we, enough people we, together and said, let's change it. I like the real, Second Amendment. I, what, I own several guns what, myself. What, what I was going to say was, we're still just a few hours into this and still trying to figure out here what yeah. happened. Uh, there are children in hospitals who are hurt. Yep. There are families who are devastated. There is someone who is dead. There are now suspects, a police mm-hmm. investigation, and so on down the line. Can we show Patrick Mahomes uh, the post from him, please? If you can put it up on the screen. Here's what he said and uh, put out, simply put, praying for Kansas City. You have to imagine how devastated these players are and the, the staff is and the team is. They just won the Super Bowl out there to have a nice day to celebrate with their fans. Hundreds of thousands, potentially a million, they said. And then this happens. We are hearing stories of the players and how they reacted to all of this. Imagine being sort of the, the, the modern-day Greek gods there in Kansas City. You're the big 6'5", 300-pounder. And all of a sudden, you see kids around you panicked, screaming, terrified. We are hearing stories about what those players did in those moments. Albert Breer, who is one of the top reporters for the NFL, will be joining us here on the Hill. Again, Kansas City Police expecting them at any moment. When that happens, we will take you there live. Until then, though, and on the other side, a live look at the U.S. Capitol, where lawmakers, by the way, did you hear about this, were briefed about a national security threat. How worrying is it? This one was sort of out of left field today. All of a sudden... We heard from the top Republican on the House Intelligence Committee, you know what? We've got some really big threat out there. And that started a snowball effect in Washington. What might he have been talking about? We'll get into it on the other side of the break with our eyes still on Kansas City. You're watching The Hill. the hill on news nation we continue to watch kansas city uh and the potential police press conference there when that happens we will take you there live but meantime back here in washington did you see this earlier today it was a warning to the public we're still trying to figure this out by the way and it came from the head of the house intelligence committee that man right there congressman mike turner announcing that members of congress were briefed today in a classified setting regarding a quote-unquote national security threat now the chairman saying in a statement in part quote I am requesting that President Biden declassify all information relating to this threat so that Congress, the administration, and our allies can openly discuss the actions necessary to respond to this threat. That's what he put out there. So then, over at the White House press briefing today, you might imagine, President Biden's National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, was asked about all this. He was tight-lipped. All I can tell you is that I'm focused on going to see him, sit with him, as well as the other House members of the Gang of Eight tomorrow. And I'm not in a position to say anything further from this podium at this time. Then the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, said earlier this afternoon that he brought this issue up to President Biden last month. 
which is why a meeting is scheduled tomorrow between top lawmakers and Jake Sullivan. I will press the administration to take appropriate action, and everybody can uh, be comforted by that. I saw Chairman Turner's statement on the issue, and I, I want to assure the American people there is no need for public alarm. With us now, the Republican Congresswoman from the state of Florida, Laura Lee. She, by the way, is set to be an impeachment manager in the trial of the Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Congresswoman, thanks for being with us here on the Hill. Appreciate the time. You probably found out about this like the rest of us and the rest of the United States. What would you make of the, the head of the House Intelligence Committee coming out and putting that statement out there and, and sort of leaving everyone hanging? Well, Chairman Turner did want to ensure that we all knew there was a national security situation evolving uh, and that members of Congress needed to be involved and educated and aware. So uh, as you heard, Speaker Johnson came out to assure the American public that there's not undue cause for alarm. And what we'll be doing in the coming days is having briefings for members of Congress to be sure that we understand what's going on and can take any action that's necessary uh, in response to the threat. Another thing that's important, both uh, Chairman Turner and Speaker Johnson have referenced declassifying some information, and sometimes that's an important step to ensure that we can share information with the American people as well about what may be going on. You're also on the Homeland Security Committee. Here was the top Democrat in the House, Akeem Jeffries, Congresswoman. He said this, the most urgent national security threat facing the American people right now is the possibility that Congress abandons Ukraine and allows Vladimir Putin's (laughs) Russia to win, end quote. That was the full statement today exactly. from Hakeem Jeffries. What would you say to the, to the top Democrat in the House? Well, I would say this. We have a number of critical threats to our national security, and one that House Republicans are keenly focused on is securing our southern border. So we've been working very hard in the House to ensure that we are bringing transparency and accountability to the catastrophe that's been happening across our border and the security threat that that brings. Uh, We all well know that the human trafficking and fentanyl smuggling uh, and the extent to which the Mexican drug cartels have really taken operational control of the border. So certainly I agree we need to be talking about foreign aid and we need to be talking about our international relationships as well. Uh, But that is not a substitute for focusing also on our domestic issues. I, I hear you there, Congresswoman, and there's going to be a, an impeachment trial against Alejandro Mayorkas in the Senate, which you will be right in the middle of. And with all these threats going on, all the big things that are happening around the world and of interest to the United States, you just referenced some of them. You know he's not going to get impeached in the Senate, Congresswoman. So aren't you, aren't you wasting your time on that? And, and shouldn't the focus be elsewhere? I actually believe it's critically important that Congress has taken the action that we have. Uh, We have a cabinet secretary who has willfully and deliberately subverted the laws of the United States. He has multiple times been told by federal court judges. I I don't mean to. I'm sorry. I got to jump in just because we've got a live press conference out in Kansas City. Live live listen right now. Continues to have updates. Things will continue to change throughout the night. It's why we are here to give you an update right now. The chief, uh, both chiefs, will be giving more information both on the numbers of victims, the status of victims. The chief of police will give more updates on the investigation. A few things to note that we talked about earlier. Uh, In terms of who was in danger, what existed, uh, it is my view, as someone who did have to run at the sound of shooting, that there were a number of people who were, in the very least, caught up in the incident in some way. Myself, my wife, lots of families, players, 
chief staff and others, their spouses, their families, a number of people who were in or near Union Station. So many people have been touched by this incident, and we recognize that. We also pray not only for the victims, including the decedent that was discussed earlier and their family, but also the victims of the shootings right now who we hope are recovering inside our hospitals. We'll continue to give you updated information. At this point, we've talked to our federal partners. We have also talked to the Kansas City Chiefs. We will be talking to the National Football League and others. More so just to hear that all are safe who are with those institutions. And we continue to hope that all of those who are impacted are safe. To the extent you have information about suspects or others, we do encourage you to call the police. Uh, however, if for whatever other reasons you have information about the incident, we, built, we will be looking to share that through different methods. So if you have information about the incident, suspects and others, please call the police. If you're looking for other information, we'll try to continue to give you regular updates. I'll say this final thing, and then we'll come back for questions at the end. Uh, today was tragic for everyone who was part of it. I had the chance to talk to my wife just a moment ago, who said we became part of a statistic of too many Americans, those who have experienced or been part of or connected to a mass shooting. That is something that I hope we all recognize is highly problematic for all of us. I continue to commend our police officers, our firefighters, and others who were there to respond instantly. But we also need to figure out a way to make sure that things like this stop happening in our country. With that, I turn it over to the Chief of Police, Stacey Graves. Thank you. I just want to echo um, the mayor's thoughts and his prayers. And also to um, acknowledge that not only the, the victims who were actually hit by gunfire, but there are a lot more people who are going to be forever impacted by, by what happened here today. Um, you know, as, as people were running, you know, a lot of us law enforcement who were, who were running towards the danger um, also guided those who were in, um, in fear of their lives. And that's something to be said of, of how impactful today's event truly was. Um, again, we have confirmed there is uh, one deceased person. Our gunshot wound total has went up to 22, and Chief Grundison will provide a little bit more context to that. Um, right now, we're still working on a, a, the, a total of number of victims. This is still an active investigation. Um, I do want to comment on the question that I got earlier about a video of um, some fans tackling someone. We do have three persons detained and under investigation for today's incident. We are working to determine if one of the three are, are the one that was in that video uh, where, where fans assisted police. Um, our investigators are working with all of the surviving victims to connect them with loved ones. We are also working to identify our deceased victim so we can notify their family as soon as possible. We are also in the process of staffing a centralized phone number. The centralized phone number will be for those who are victims, witnesses, and if anyone has video or any information about what led up to what happened here today. Um, again, we are continuously receiving information uh, minute by minute, which is part of the delay of us coming down here. But um, 
I do want to pass this on to uh, Chief Grendison to give a little bit more context to some of the, uh, the status of our victims. Just want to say that uh, all of KCFD's thoughts and prayers are with those uh, families that were affected by this tragedy today. And uh, while we were not expecting it, we were ready and prepared for an event such like this. Our uh, KCFD units, along with our mutual aid partners that were working to assist us at this event, touched a total of 22 gunshot victims. One of those was a fatality. Um, we had eight what we considered immediately life-threatening patients. We had seven with uh, life-threatening injuries, and we had six that were had minor injuries. Of the most serious, the immediately life-threatening injuries, we had eight of those. Those were all transported and off the scene and route to hospitals within 10 minutes. Um, so we felt the response was certainly adequate and appropriate, and I commend all our staff working there today, along with PD, that did an excellent job under difficult circumstances. Um, we transported three different hospitals. We transported Children's Mercy, um, Truman Medical, and also St. Luke's on the Plaza. Questions? Yeah, so we're getting... Who are you asking? Anyone that can answer the okay. question. Um, so we've heard people talk about gunshots that they've heard near the west side of Union Station, and then also gunfire in situations that happen near the fountain and the stoplight over there near the intersection. Was there two separate scenes? Was there one big scene? Do you know the answer to that question? That is still an active scene. We, we, that is a, a large ground to cover, as you know, the, the size of the Union Station. Um, I will tell you we have located that crime scene on the west side of Union Station. As far as in the front of, that is still under investigation. We have crime scene investigators as well as the detectives. Um, we had a lot of our assault squad detectives and our homicide detectives that were actually in uniform today working the assignment. So not only did you have uniform presence uh, immediately uh, responding to the scene, rendering aid, uh, going towards danger, but you also had detectives that were immediately on the scene that are, are still there and actively working. Are you investigating any sort of connection with the earlier shooting of the day at 27th and uh, We are, At this time, we don't know if that's connected, but that is, is something that we are looking at. Children's Mercy says that they want parents to contact them if they don't know where their children are. Do you know that there may be, like, are there kids there who um, have a parent? I can tell you we have detectives at all of the local hospitals that are investigating, um, like I said earlier, trying to connect our victims to their loved ones. Um, should that be the case, and it's, it's a child, um, someone can either contact police or if that is what Children's Mercy is requesting, of course they can contact them as well. Right now we do not have a motive, um, but we are asking those who may potentially have any kind of information, a witness or video to contact police. That's one of that, uh, what I talked about, that phone number that we're, we're setting up that's going to be centralized for victims, witnesses, and potential video evidence. Any age range on the person? I do not have that yet. I have not been able to confirm another um, another death. We mentioned that there were some victims taken to Children's Mercy Hospital. I understood from staff at Children's Mercy Hospital that they received uh, they have nine shooting victims, and they did. It's possible that one of them was an adult. Do you know how many children were shot? If it was eight or nine, and and when we're talking children, are we talking about little ones or 17-year-olds? Do you so, know, Chief? Uh, children accepts patients. Up to 17. Come on. Uh, 
Children's accepts patients up to 17 years old, and uh, but we do not have that information currently on the exact ages of the you do believe that patients the that were transported. Yeah, yeah, I mean, children's confirming we did transport to Children's Mercy, but we do not have the ages of those patients. Mayor, how scared? You had over 800 officers deployed to work this parade, to work outside of Union Station, and still in a matter of moments, 22 people were shot. I mean, that's, that's what happens with guns. I won't get in a big debate right now. I think we're still doing an investigation, but... I mean, what you saw happen was why people talk about guns a lot. We had over 800 officers there, staffed, situated all around Union Station today. We had security in in any number of places, eyes on top of buildings and beyond. And there still is a risk to people. And I think that's something that all of us who are, are parents, who are just regular people living each day, have to decide what we wish to do about it. Parades, rallies, schools, movies, it seems like almost nothing is safe. And we had hundreds of law enforcement there working hard today. And I want to, I, I do want to echo what the chief said, who are running towards danger. But in a matter of seconds, someone who wants to disrupt anything someone who wants to create any type of situation or someone who is very simply reckless can change not just one life or two lives but almost two dozen and that to me is absolutely devastating and it makes me feel vastly more concerned as a parent just in the world today thinking about that what was the question? Can you tell us more about how you were able to take those two suspects into custody? Um, officers, uniformed officers were on scene. Uh, I don't have all the information of exactly what they witnessed, but there was uh, a pursuit, apprehension, um, slight injuries from, by our officers taking someone into custody. But as far as um, you're direct, directly answering your question. I don't have that information right now. Chief, you have two gunmen. You were talking about weapons earlier. Can you tell me how many and what type of weapons? I don't have the exact on the weapons, but we have recovered firearms. I don't have a number for you or or a caliber. We have recovered firearms, um, at least one. Okay. You have two gunmen in custody, do you believe there are any others still unaccounted for? We have three people that we have detained, um, and that is what we are asking for, is if anyone has any information, as a witness, or, or has any kind of video that, that may provide us if there's anybody else that, that was involved in this. No, at this time, this the scene has been cleared, it's being held, and when I say cleared, um, I say the scene has been made safe. And it's been cleared. Right now, we are in the investigative portion of that, collecting evidence, um, whether that be digital evidence or physical evidence. That that is what we are we are doing right now. And we're also conducting interviews. Obviously, we have um, several victims that we need to to have a conversation with, to ask questions, also witnesses. So there's a lot of work ahead in in this. This is just the beginning stages, but um, we are moving as fast as we can. Can you explain that there was like a five minute All of that has all of that has not been determined just yet. Um, 
the number of shots, the time in between them, the motive, all of that is still actively being investigated. So we don't know if there were two separate seats. We don't know the answer to that. I, I cannot confirm that yet. And just, did I miss this? Last this one here, inside guys. or outside Union Station? This was all outside Union Station. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Might have just been somebody who was helping. I just want to make sure I'm right with my All right, we've been listening here to Kansas City Police, to the fire department, to the mayor there, clearly devastated, processing, and trying to figure out what comes next. One person deceased, 22 shot, eight with life-threatening injuries, and there are children who are now at Children's Mercy, the local children's hospital in Kansas City, recovering, and I'm sure trying to figure out what on earth just happened. Joining us now is Manuel Abarca IV. He is a legislator for Jackson County in Missouri, wearing his Mahomes 15 <coughs> red jersey. Joins us live. Uh, I, glad that put a smile on your face, at least referencing that, sir, because I, I hear you were there, and, um, and I wonder what you saw and you heard. Yeah, I was there with my six-year-old daughter. Um, like many uh, Kansas City fans, uh, we were enjoying the festivities, uh, and it turned from celebratory to uh, flee- fleeing, um, and I we sought refuge in the bathroom of a restaurant uh, where we were rushed in with members of the Hunt family, Chiefs players, state legislators, uh, all trying to find refuge away from guns. So you were you were there with the owner of the Chiefs. You say his family players uh, huddled in a bathroom. Well, so everyone rushed into a restaurant. Uh, I went to a okay. restroom. Um, kind of as as my daughter explained to me uh, that her active shooter drills had taught her. Uh, and so she was uh, more calm than I was uh, because, sadly, in our society, this is a commonplace uh, where elementary students are taught what to do in active shooter situations. And so um, she was calm, and I uh, was very afraid. She's six, you say? So kindergarten? Yeah, kindergarten. What were you telling her, and what was she saying to you? I just told her that we had to be quiet. Uh, Daddy didn't know what was going on. We knew that there were guns involved. Uh, we knew that uh, we were safe for now, but we just had to be quiet and be calm. Uh, and thankfully, she believed me. She picked up the phone and started uh, drawing uh, in an iMessage, uh, and, and we were there, uh, not knowing what was going to happen to us, uh, not knowing who was on the other side, how many. Um, the fear runs through my head of what could have gone wrong. Uh, in any moment. Uh, sadly, we were on the other side of the a bathroom door uh, with little protection. Manuel Abarca, uh, glad to be able to, to speak with you and that, that you made it out. Um, I'm sure there's lots of conversations to be had in the days forward with your six-year-old kindergartner. Um, but for now, uh, you know, just hold her tight, give her a hug, um, and I hope you get a little bit of sleep tonight. Manuel, thank you for the time. Time to go to work. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, joining us now, NFL Network reporter, uh, NFL reporter, rather, for Sports Illustrated, Albert Breer. Albert, thanks for being with us here on the Hill. There was a social post of yours that caught my attention. Let me read it real quick. Here's what you reported. You said the Chiefs left the parade in buses and in shock. I'm told the players were unbelievable, calming panic kids down. Blaine Gabbard, Trey Smith, Austin Ryder, Chris Oladakun, I might uh, mispronounce that, all rallied. Smith went to one upset kid, gave him the WWE title belt, and sat with him till he calmed him down. Albert. 
Yeah, I mean, I that was, you know, and obviously in a situation like this, Blake, as you know, um, you know, you try to, to cover it the best you can if you're not on the scene. And, you know, so I got in touch with some Chiefs people that I know. And the one thing that, you know, is uniform across the board was the players were absolutely unbelievable. And you know, just to paint the picture here, obviously, um, you know, been a, a long day of celebrating the championship and, you know, they get off the stage and, um, you know, as they're getting off the stage, the situation erupts and, you know, kids are separated from their parents in some cases. And there were a lot of kids there, not just players, kids, but coaches, kids, front office, people's kids. And, um, you know, so they're all scattering to get out of there. And um, I think I believe some were separated from their parents and, um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of kids just I mean, understandably panicked and, you know, trying to piece everything together and, um, you know, evidently, you know, like these players were absolutely incredible in, in getting some of the kids calmed down. I, I told the story there of Trey Smith, who's a you know starting guard for them, um, you know, now yeah. in his third year, still a young guy. So picture a um, big guy, right? Like six, yeah, five, yeah, six, and, six, 325 pounds or whatever. Yeah. And these guys are superheroes to the kids. You know what I mean? Like, and they're superheroes on the field. And then um, this superhero comes over and, and sits down next to you and, 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 and tries to get you calmed down. Um, you know, I know there are people in the Chiefs organization who witnessed this and, and saw in an absolutely horrific situation, an absolutely horrible, horrible situation, um, you know, saw the players reaching out to, to their kids, to other people's kids, to try to calm the situation down. And, um, you know, obviously a great, great example of, um, you know, in, in, in the face of something truly horrible, um, some people stepping up and, and, and helping people who are in need in, the, in, in that situation. Albert Breer, uh, thank you for joining us here. I'm sure there's many more stories like that that you will be uncovering mm-hmm. in the upcoming days. Albert Breer, uh, Albert Breer one of the, uh, the best NFL reporters there is. Uh, Albert, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Blake. Appreciate it. Yep. Still much more ahead here on The Hill. We're continuing to follow the latest out of Kansas City. That on the other side of the break, thoughts from the panel as well uh, as our coverage here on The Hill continues. Okay, welcome back here to The Hill on News Nation Live. Look at Capitol Hill, where the border battle could potentially turn into a budget battle. The Senate last week, as you know, could have allocated billions of dollars to U.S. immigrations and customs enforcement as part of a uh, potential massive package involving the border, funding for Ukraine, Israel, etc. But after the border bill failure, ICE, you can see in the headline here, now considering mass releases to close the budget gap, which is approximately $700 million. The congressman from Virginia, Bob Good, told us why on Friday he believes at least that resources at the southern border are being poorly spent. The reason why they don't have enough resources is because they're spending those resources to process more illegals into the country as quickly as they can. There's no reason to give Biden and Mayorkas more money to bring more illegals into the country as quickly as possible. They're not using it to enforce. They're not they're not returning anyone. They're not detaining anyone. Joining us now, the Republican congressman from Florida, Byron Donalds. Congressman, thanks for for sticking on by. Thanks for being with us here on the Hill. So um, there is this seven hundred million dollar shortfall with ICE. You could have had $20 billion last week for a budget deal. So how do you square potentially mass releases because of a budget shortfall with the decision that Republicans like yourself made just the other day? I don't square that at all. 
The reason why the administration is now going to this policy of mass releases is because they've wanted this crisis at the southern border the entire time. If they weren't diverting so many uh, staff hours and resources to processing people into the United States, you wouldn't need ICE to be working in overtime to actually affect deportations. Deportations, mind you, which are a drop in the bucket of the now seven plus million people that are in our country when they should not be here in the first place. So it's not a problem of House Republicans. This is a problem of the Biden administration and the terrible policy they've brought to the United States. So what's the solution here? Because I know Republicans like yourself want H.R. 2, right, which is basically the, the Republican plan in the House. That's not going anywhere in the Senate. The Senate deal that was negotiated, not going anywhere in the House. I don't need to tell you this, Congressman. You know the reality. But as I project forward, I, I just wonder, what's the solution here? especially when we see headlines like this. The actual solution is for Joe Biden to reverse, por- reverse course on his policies that he put into place when he became president. He signed, he's the one that signed 64 different orders about changes to protocols with respect to border security and migration into the United States. He can simply reverse course. It doesn't take any money. It doesn't even take anything to pass out of Congress. We can draft the executive order for him if his, if his White House forgot how to draft executive orders. We'll do it for them. That's really what you need to do. Once you stop the flow of people coming into the United States, then you can have the, the resources to deal with the people who are basically applied for asylum. But we all know, A, they're not going to be approved for asylum, or B, they're not even going to show up for the hearing to adjudicate asylum in the first place. You know, Congressman, the other big story out of Washington today, Congressman Mike Turner, the top Republican on the House Intelligence Committee, talking about this, quote unquote, national security threat that members of Congress got briefed on today that the White House can't talk about, that no one on the Hill can talk about. Now the American public is wondering, what's all of this about? What did you make of the House Intelligence Committee head coming out and levying this this sort of uh, warning that he can't talk about because it's classified? Well, look, I do appreciate, you know, since I'm not a member of the Intel Committee, I do appreciate the ability to read some of this information. Obviously, I cannot discuss it. Uh, but what I would say is that the information that I read uh, isn't going to cause me any clear and present uh, alarms to the American people. It's simply not that. I believe that if we have a strong foreign policy footing, which is a shift from where we are right now, it will give us an opportunity to be prepared for any potential so, threats as, as discussed in the intelligence report. So no clear and present alarm um, is is your reaction. So I guess the follow-up makes me wonder, why did he need to go forward with it? Do you think he should have? Well, I mean, look, that's a question for Chairman Turner, not for me. Uh, I think having read it, I'm glad I'm apprised of it. But in terms of is it, do I feel it's something actionable today? I don't believe so, no. Okay. Congressman Donalds, we have to leave it there. It's, um, it's, it's, It's been a busy day as we continue to monitor the situation in Kansas City, but we do appreciate your time. Hope you come on back soon. Thank you, sir. Of course. Thank you. So we were talking, Mick, to Congresswoman Laura Lee, Laura Lee, about this, and then obviously the the press conference in Kansas City. So to reset for a second, (laughs) we never see this in Washington, right? You got the the head of the House Intelligence Committee coming out talking about a quote-unquote national security threat. Jake Sullivan, who's the president's national security advisor, goes to the White House podium and says, can't talk about it. 
I'm going to be talking to Mike Turner about it tomorrow. All the House can receive a classified briefing, and us in the public have no clue what's going on. What do you make of it? Former congressman, former White House chief of staff. <laughs> I, I was absolutely stunned by Mike Turner's comment today. Explain I, I yourself. I was trying to figure out what good he was trying to accomplish. And, and now that I've heard what Byron had to say, Congressman Donalds, I'm, no even, clear more, President I'm, no, more, I'm even more confused. Um, there, there's no reason for Mike Turner to do this. If it's really serious, and it's a clear and present danger to use a legal term, then you certainly wouldn't want it to be public. You, exactly. you wouldn't, there's no reason to make this, to declassify this. I keep coming back to what you and I talked about. Yeah, I wonder air. if he's just trying to put this out there to say, you know what, this is why we need to that's, have Ukraine funding. That's the only thing that seems to tie up with the facts so far, that Mike Turner wants more money for Ukraine, and he's decided to do this to scare people into voting for it. And that is a stunning development, if it's true, from the chairman of the House not, Intelligence We're not committee. saying it is. We don't have the full information here. We don't it, know. But it does fit the facts. But right. we do understand from the information that has been released, it has to do with Russia, potentially. Well, there, no, well, no, so there's reports there's that maybe report. this has to do with Russia. Yeah. But what is astonishing here is at a time when Russia is mounting even more significant threats, not just to Ukraine, not just to other countries in its near abroad, but indeed to the United States, to uh, the international order. How can you possibly walk back well, that, but that's, from I mean, that's, what that's from, different? I want to get, get yeah, you two. I, it is different. I want to get you two in for final yeah, thoughts real quick. I, so I, I was listening to a friend of mine's a reporter on Capitol Hill, and he was talking to some members, and he told me that when he approached them about what they had seen, they looked like they'd seen a ghost. So hmm. even though I don't ever believe that anything that happens during election season is accidental, <laughs> the <laughs> accidental leak or the mole, right. there's, you know, there's always a political motivation behind it. It'll be very interesting to see what happens. I think that Americans increasingly understand that foreign affairs is something we need to pay attention to. Yeah. It's moved up to yeah. one of the you know, three most important issues, and, and this is going to be telling. I, I agree with all three of my colleagues oh. on the panel, but I must, but I must tell you, I, there's got to be an upside to this, and if it's indirect, you've just caused a bunch of people to be in fear. Oh. If it's direct... Then you the the the, uh, the pushback is that it's not a clear and present danger. So why do it? It just seems like an irresponsible statement. I'll leave the audience at home with this. That man right there has been a member of Congress, the head of the CFPB, a White House chief of staff, the budget director. Did I have all the hats right? Uh, more or less. Keep more or less. Yeah, that's and the fact that and the fact that <laughs> you're enough. you're sort of stunned and, and can't really scratch my game head. plan this out yeah. makes me wonder. Even his explanation. I wanted to, press it to declassify okay. it so I could talk about it with members of Congress and our allies. No, you don't. You do that when it's classified. The only people who get to see it if right. it's declassified is the public. Got to leave it before you go good before you release something like that to All the right. public. Leland Vitter on the other side of the break when the hill on News Nation returns. Stay with us. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. That changes. That's when we said, okay, we need to have this conversation. What's to happen if something were to happen to us? Having a trust, having a will, really button up the process for whoever is continuing on our legacy. Knowing that my loved ones, my husband and my daughters are taken care of, it was a huge relief. Create your estate plan at trustandwill.com. 
All right, welcome back to The Hill here on News Nation. Before we go, check this out. Two protesters here seen dumping red powder on the case that covers the U.S. Constitution, the original copy. Now, in the video, they called on President Biden to declare a national, a climate, rather, emergency. On Balance host Leland Vitter. Joining me now. That'll show them. That, yeah. I mean, when you see that, when folks ask me, like, oh, I'm coming to D.C., where do you go? Go, go to the National Archives because you got Bill of Rights, the U.S. Constitution, et cetera. Yeah. You could see it there. Walk right up to it and to dump powder on it like that. Look, we've been seeing this in different places. I think it was Mona Lisa, Lisa yeah, right? And now we, it. Climate protesters. Climate protesters. We see people shutting down highways. Uh, I'm, waiting, I'm waiting to see what happens if these fine folks head to, like, Aspen and barricade the runways where everybody's landing their private jet <laughs> private on President's Day that, That'll show them, yeah. right? Just go to Aspen and shut down the, the Yeah, the see, see how long that lasts out there. Yeah. Uh, you're you're going to be talking about Mike Turner and what he did coming up. I, we, we all find this fascinating. It, it is. You know, we say a lot of things are unprecedented. What I think is yeah. so interesting is how you've got very seriously conservative Republicans who are the most angry hmm. at him for it. Right. And they're, And just for the general public, it's like, what is this? We don't. Well, it's scary on its face, but it's also scary if the chairman of the Intel Committee is playing politics with his job. We don't know. Like, we don't know what the information is, et cetera.